You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teodi Anderson. I have been MIA. I know, I haven't had a show in a while, and I'm so sorry for the delay. I've had some big changes at the end of 2015, and as I head into 2016, I've got some big changes and some exciting adventures planned. I can't wait to tell you all about it, along with my new book, which is finally out, and... As we wrap up the year, I thought it would be fun to take a look at the top dog-related Google searches for 2015. All this and more when we get back on Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shredded as a topper. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teodi Anderson. I am explaining to you why I have been missing in action. And again, my apologies for taking so long to get another show. I have been so crazy busy. The end of 2015 has been just a blur, and I still have a lot to do. You may know that I was engaged in May, and I will be getting married um, early next year. In order to do that, I am moving. So I am moving from my wonderful state of South Carolina, and I'm moving to South Florida. I will be joining my fiance's long-standing, very successful dog training business. It's called The Dog's Best Friend. It's in Fort Lauderdale. And I will be joining his business and training dogs full-time. I will continue to write. Don't worry. There will be more books out of me, more articles out of me. Of course, I will continue this radio show, hopefully on a more regular basis once I get settled down there. And I will be continuing my speaking engagements, hopefully pursuing more of that, as I will have more time to do that through the course of the next year and years to come. So I'm really excited about these big changes ahead. Um, It's very difficult, of course, to leave my friends and family here in South Carolina. I have been here full time since 1987. And packing the house was a nightmare. Have you ever lived in a house long enough where you just gather so much stuff that the thought of packing it up is daunting? I told my fiance I'm never moving again. So he's completely stuck with me forever because I am not doing this again. I had been in my house for 15 years. I found things that I don't know why I kept them. Why did I keep those things? And then I found other things that I wished I knew I'd had. I'm like, oh, this is a spare pair of reading glasses. How convenient this would have been two months ago. All sorts of really sentimental things that I found. Had a huge garage sale to get rid of stuff that I didn't need anymore, had to learn to part with a bunch of stuff, still ended up loading a 20-foot truck wall-to-wall with stuff that is currently sitting in storage in South Florida. 
and sold my house. And I will be making the big move on January 1st. So big, big, big plans ahead for 2016. It's daunting and exciting and slightly terrifying all at the same time, but all good things. One of the hardest things I had to do, other than saying goodbye to family and friends, which of course is the hardest, is closing down my business. I have had positive results since 2001 one of the pioneers of positive training in this area. It's been a wonderful company. I've had the chance to work with some fantastic people, both as employees, my wonderful assistants, and with all the wonderful clients and their dogs and all the classes that I've taught and pro bono work that I've done and presentations that I've done locally. It's just been a tremendous part of my life. But I realized that I could not run that business three states away. It's just, I couldn't do it along with all the other things that that we have planned. So I decided it would be best to close the business, as hard as that was. I wrapped up my last classes last week. Um, They were wonderful, ended on such a positive note, such great clients, wonderful dogs. And so the business will officially close at the end of the year. For my local friends, who listen to get positive results, I am leaving you in such wonderful hands. My best friend and lead trainer assistant, Phyllis Beasley, is starting her own company called Praise Dog, and she will be carrying on the wonderful positive tradition that I've started here in the South Carolina Midlands area with some wonderful positive-based classes, reward-based classes, and private lessons, especially dealing with some aggression fear cases, which ended up being our specialty. Uh, Veterinarians trusted their clients to come to us to work with those cases because we use modern methods. Um, We've had some fantastic success in those areas, just some wonderful dedicated clients. And it was definitely hard to say goodbye to some of my long-term clients as well. However, I will be doing Skype consults. I'll be pursuing that in the new year, beefing up that part of the business as well. So just because you're not near me, and even if you're not near me now, uh, you can be near me via Skype because we are going to be expanding that, I believe, in the new year. I've had so many people write me and say they wish they could come attend my classes or work with me with their fearful or aggressive dogs or dogs with basic behavior problems. And unfortunately, they're three hours away, four hours away, half the way across the country, and they have no way of reaching me other than through my books. So we are going to expand the Skype, because there's so much you can do with technology these days. There's video, there's Skype, there's phone calls, there's email. It's just a great way to stay in touch with both my friends and family as I leave, but also with clients that are longstanding and very dear to me and new clients as well. I have fellow trainers across the country who are doing um, some great work via Skype. So that is also an option. Speaking of tackling behavior problems, my book finally came out. So exciting. It's called The Dog Behavior Problem Solver. It's put out by i5 Publishing. So excited about this book. I can't even tell you. It is an A to Z. We don't cover all the letters of the alphabet, but it is an alphabetical order. Problem solver book. It talks about why your dog has a problem, how it probably developed. Yes, yes, I do point to the mirror on occasion, but I try to do it tactfully. You know me. I try to be tactful about it. Each chapter covers a different behavior problem. I've got aggression, house soiling, walking nicely on leash, dogs that pull all the time, dogs that escape the yard, barking. If you've got a talkative dog, you definitely want to read that chapter. Fearfulness, shyness, 
so many problems are covered in this book. It was really comprehensive. Let me tell you, I spent many a late night working on that book and weekends toiling. Each chapter starts with a story, a compilation of different real life cases that I've worked with over the years. And I tell my clients, don't worry, I used fake names to protect the guilty. So you don't have to worry about being outed in my book because I'm not going to prove that it was you and your dog as the inspiration for that particular chapter. However, you might recognize yourself if you read it. But uh, I wanted to showcase how you're not alone. If your dog has these issues, any problem behaviors, you're not alone. And these cases that I used as the compilation at the beginning of each of these problem chapters is just a testament to that, that there were other people in this situation and here's what they had to deal with. And so here's how we tackled it. So I hope that you enjoy the book. It is available everywhere now. A friend of mine told me that it was available at the local pet supply store, which is great. I know it's available online, and I hope that you enjoy it. And my heart's hope is that that book keeps dogs in their homes. There are solutions for problem behaviors. I also talk about what to do when the problem behavior is too much to tackle in just a book. For my fellow trainers out there, this would be a great book for you to supplement. It has step-by-step, Teodi-written lesson plans that you can use to help supplement the great work that you're doing one-on-one. And sometimes you do need a professional trainer. It's not enough for you to tackle via a book or a DVD or, heaven forbid, what you find out on the internet to solve your dog's problem behavior. Sometimes you need a professional dog trainer. Sometimes you need a veterinary behaviorist. And there's a big difference between the two, and I talk about that. I talk about how to interview them, what questions to ask, and how to make sure you're finding the right professional to help you with that. So the book just covers so much, and I really hope you'll enjoy it. It's called The Dog Behavior Problem Solver, and it is available everywhere right now. So in a nutshell, although it's been many, many hours and days and months of me working, that just summed up the end of my 2015 and the beginning of my 2016. What I want to do when we come back is talk about what other people were talking about. What were they asking? And there's some great trends on Google, and they summed up a bunch of stuff they did for 2015, what people were searching for. And I found the top dog questions of 2015. And I'll share them with you, the top five, when we come back. You're listening to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio Talk and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Oh. <laughs> 
This is T.O.D. Anderson, and you're listening to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. So we are looking at Google Trends for 2015, and I'm going to give you the top five things that people were searching for on Google. I don't mean to be pushing Google. They certainly haven't sponsored this program, but I love Google because I use it all the time. Remember those of us dating ourselves when you had the Encyclopedia Britannica and your friends would come over if you were lucky enough to have a set and they would borrow them and that's how you did your homework? Well, now we have Google and I don't know what life was before it. I remember distinctly the encyclopedias and going to the library and I still love libraries. But information is just at our fingertips. And looking at trends, it can be kind of amusing and it can be kind of interesting to see what the majority of people were wondering about in the previous year. Under dog trends, I'll go in reverse order. So the fifth most frequent question was how to keep puppy from eating poop. And so that's how we wrap up our 2015, folks. How do you keep your puppy from eating poop? I love that because if they read my books, they would know. Actually, I think my books answer like some of these questions, which would be great if they found my book as a result of these searches. But how do you keep a puppy from eating poop? You manage the puppy. Puppies only eat stuff that they have access to. So if you have a puppy that's eating poop, then you need to take him out on leash And if you've heard my house training speeches before, you know that house training puppies should be taken out on leash because you can't control the environment if you're not attached to your dog. It also teaches your puppy to go on leash. And some dogs, if they've never been taught that, are not good travelers because they don't ever want to go if they're attached to you. And that's never fun while you're traveling up and down the coast. So don't let the puppy have access to poop. And does that mean you have to clean it up right away? Yes, it does. Is that fun? No, it's not. I know that's never the answer anyone wants to hear, but the best way to keep your puppy from eating poop is to make sure the puppy doesn't have access to it. And that means picking up the yard. Also, if the poop was the kitty cat poop, we got to make sure that that cat litter box is out of access of puppy because so help me, dogs love cat poop. It's a delicacy. They love it. So it's really important to manage that situation to keep them away. You can certainly teach your puppy a good leave it. Um, If it's a true puppy, you know, you're going to have to start from scratch because it's a baby and you have to be patient with that puppy. But I love to teach a leave it, a leave it cue, a really strong leave it cue. They'll leave poop alone. You have to teach it, though. They don't know what those words mean until you teach the words what the actions are. Also, there's things you can buy to put in the poop to make it less palatable, But for heaven's sakes, it's poop. How are you supposed to make poop less palatable than poop? I've just never known any of them to work consistently. People say, oh, Tabasco or give them pineapple or give them pumpkin or give them this little powder that I purchased. I've never known any of those to work consistently. So the best thing, manage the dog until you can teach him a good, strong leave it. Definitely pick up the yard. You should be picking up the yard more frequently anyway. It's never fun, but we do need to pick up because it's going to leave a lot less problems later in terms of stinky yard and bad neighbor relations and also diseases and things. We don't want the flies gathering and all that that mess out there. So pick up after the puppy. Question number four, how to register a dog with the AKC? I thought that was an interesting one. The AKC is the American Kennel Club. It is one of the largest, I believe, registering body of purebred dogs. Although 
Companion dogs, is what they call mutts, mixed breed dogs, are also allowed to register with the AKC now. Used to be that wasn't the case. Used to be that if you wanted to register your dog with the American Kennel Club, it had to be a purebred dog. But that's not the case anymore. Companion dogs can register so that they can compete in AKC events, such as agility, obedience, rally. And I've had several of my students go on to register their wonderful mixed breed dogs and do very, very well in competition through the AKC. So that was question number four, how to register a dog. And basically, if you're interested in the question as well, you go to akc.org and they'll be happy to help you register. You can do it online. Number three, this one, this one, I wondered at the motive for this one, how to register a dog as a service animal. And I would love to be all full of end of year wholesome thoughts and think, well, these poor people with disabilities are trying to register their dogs as service animals. But the cynic in me, folks, I don't know. It's been a really stressful end of the year, so I think the cynic in me is coming out. Sometimes people try to claim that their dog is a service animal when it's not. And this is a personal pet peeve of mine. I can't stand it. They basically do it so that the dog will have access to airplane rides in the cabin, um, access to restaurants, access to grocery stores, access where a service animal has the right to go. This is a terrible thing. I have friends with disabilities and they have been confronted by managers of stores and other places where the manager has said, get this dog out of here. And they've had to explain what their rights are under the Americans with Disabilities Act and explain that the dog has every right to be there. And this has been a repeated pattern over the course of many years, ever since service animals got rights to go into these places, people have had to fight for those rights and fight for their right to take these animals who help them with everyday tasks. They help these folks be more independent, go where they're allowed to go. And when somebody claims that their dog is a service animal when it's not, it just makes that road harder for my friends with disabilities, for everyone with a disability. Because if those dogs act up or if those dogs have an aggressive episode or soil in the middle of an airplane or have some sort of bad behavior in public, it just sullies the reputation of all service dogs. And it makes it that much harder for people with true disabilities to get their dogs to have access later. You should never, never, never claim that your dog is a service animal when it's not. Service animals provide a broad variety of services. Everyone thinks of guide dogs for the blind, but there's also dogs that help pull wheelchairs, help brace people for their stability. If they're a little unsure of their feet, they retrieve, they turn on and off lights, they help push elevator buttons. One of my dear friends had a Papillon service dog, which is also a testament that service dogs come in all shapes and sizes. And he used to sit in her lap when she was in her wheelchair and he would push the elevator buttons for her. She would target it, target which ones she wanted, and he would push the elevator buttons. He also helped her with the laundry. She would open up the dryer, and so that lid would hang out like a shelf, and he'd hop in and go in and pull out the laundry for her. He was very, very helpful, and he was also adorable. But service animals can provide a wide variety of services for people with disabilities. And so if you know of someone who's trying to sneak by and trying to register their dog as a service animal, don't let them do it. Call them out on it because it's not right. It's absolutely not right. Question number two, we're getting near number one, how to crate train your puppy. Well, I hope they found my book, Quick and Easy Crate Training. Question number two for 2015 was how to crate train your puppy. And I love this because I still get the occasional client who says, oh, I don't want to crate train my puppy because it's cruel or it's mean. 
a crate is a tool. And if you use it correctly, it's absolutely kind and and wonderful and safe for your puppy to be in a crate. It's when the crate is used as a crutch and the dog's in there 22 out of 24 hours and you're using the crate as punishment, then you have a problem. It's usually a people problem, not necessarily a dog problem. It becomes a problem for the dog, but mainly because of human misuse. But crates are wonderful, wonderful. I don't know how I would have survived my dog's adolescence without them, mainly because I've had a lot of chewy dogs. I used to have Labradors, and they would chew everything in sight, and they would chew things that would kill them. They didn't know any better. They were young, and so they would eat crazy things, and just everything goes in the mouth, and you ask questions later is the motto of a Labrador. And if it weren't for the crates, they probably would have eaten something extremely dangerous. You know, you puppy-proof your home as much as you can, but they get big and they start exploring and they can eat things that will hurt them. So it's not just for house training. It's great for house training if used properly, but it's great for keeping your puppies safe. It's also really good for when they have health issues. My Labrador Logan, you may remember, had cancer scares later in life. And he had some pretty serious surgeries to remove some tumors. And he had to have crate rest for a couple weeks because he was still a very active dog, even as he got older. And the only way to keep him still was to crate him. And he had to be kept still for his healing process. And he loved his crate. I had trained him to love his crate ever since he was a puppy. So it wasn't a problem when he was older and when he was ill because he felt safe in his crate and it was a den for him and he got all the good things in his crate. So during the healing process, it was less stress on him and less stress on me, let me tell you, worrying about him popping stitches because he was crate trained. So I'm really happy to see that The second most popular question of 2015 for dogs was how to crate train your puppy because I hope that more people are embracing the crate and learning how to use it properly. You can certainly uh, teach a dog to hate a crate too if you don't do it right. So I think that is an awesome, wonderful thing. Long live crates. And they have some really nice ones out now too. When I remember when I first started crate training, they were so ugly. (laughs) And now they have gorgeous designer crates. So I've even had clients say they don't want to crate train their dog because the crates are ugly. I'm like, well, your dog's going to, you know, pee all over your house or it's going to chew things. So let's, let's get you a pretty crate if we have to. Are you ready for the number one question? This one surprised me. Are you ready? The number one, according to Google, 2015 dog question was, why do dogs wag their tail? I don't know why so many people were wondering about this, but I think that that's a great question. And as if you've heard my previous shows before, we've covered those wagging tails. They certainly wag their tails when they're happy. They certainly do. They also wag their tails when they're excited. And as I've said before, they could be excited to bite you. A wagging tail is not a sign of a friendly dog. It's simply a sign that a dog is excited to see you. So a wagging tail is a sign of high arousal in dogs, a sign of high excitement, and the dog could be really, really happy to see you or really, really happy because you're coming on his property and he's getting really upset actually and he's going to take a chunk out of you. So dogs wag their tails for a variety of reasons. The best way to figure out a dog's intent is to look at the overall body, not just the tail. You want to look at the ears. You want to look at the mouth. You want to look at the body posture. If he's curvy and wiggly and a little lower, that's usually a very friendly sign. If he's stiff and up on his tippy toes and barking, not always barking, but he could be barking, he could be growling, but a stiff body posture with ears up, that is more of an assertive pose. So 
a dog's tail is not always the barometer that you want to use for the complete picture of what a dog is trying to tell you. It's certainly a, one thing to look at. I always say the tails are like flags. If the flag is straight up, the dog is obviously excited. Of course, if the tail is tucked low and under his legs, then he's afraid. So the number one Google question of 2015 was, why do dogs wag their tail? Interesting stuff. So thank you very much for joining me at the very end of the year. I wish you and your families and of course your pets a safe and healthy and happy new year. You know about all my big plans for 2016. Would love to hear about yours. So visit me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Anderson. You can find me on the website. The website will not change. It is getpositiveresults.com. And you are always welcome to email me at Pet Life Radio. It's Teoti, T-E-O-T-I, at PetLifeRadio.com. Thank you again to my producers for making this show as wonderful as it has been. And I wish all of you again a safe, happy, and healthy new year. You're listening to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teodi Anderson. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.